Church of the Cross, and welcome back to the Ninth Avenue Nine. This is your host, Joel Bascom, pastor of Connecting and Equipping. It's good to have everybody back. I hope that fall is treating you all right, especially as everybody starts school and we start to get into our routine for the year. And it is already looking beautiful outside. The weather's been great. I hope you're enjoying it. For episode 17 of the Ninth Avenue Nine, I decided to do something a little different. I had two previous guests on the show, Christian Ruck, the venerable Christian Ruck, I should say, and Sean O'Neill, both talking about nine songs that they love, as well as me talking about nine songs that I love. With this one, we didn't do anything about exiling in the basement. We just talked songs that we love. So I hope that you enjoy hearing about some songs that we love and... A bonus with this one is that the Spotify playlist includes every single song we talk about. So I hope you enjoy the show and enjoy the music. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Basement. For this episode, we're going to try an experiment. I have two music-loving friends, people here in my office. Uh, my office doubles for the basement. And we're going to riff on the theme of this show a bit. We are going to name each name nine songs that we all just love. For this, we can take away the pressure of an exile, unless you guys really want the mm. exile part. Instead, we just want to talk songs. And if any of you out there want to go in a different direction with the theme of the show, please let me know. Let's keep having fun with this theme. So... Both of these gents here have been on the show before, right? I think. Yes. I feel like both of you have. <coughs> yes. I think I had you both in my office at some point, right? So they've both been on the show before, but today we're they, but they are both dying to discuss their song picks. Also, all th- all three picked artists that were not included on their album picks. So they're picking nine songs. Each of us are picking nine songs, and all of us are just going with stuff that we didn't have on our album. So otherwise, for me, it would just be eight Beatles songs, and then right. on we go. So you got to mix it up. So, without further ado, please welcome back to the show, the VCR, Venerable Christian Rock, and... <laughs> Hello, Joel. Mr. Sean O'Neill. Hi, Sean. Hello. Uh, this is fun. So we're sitting here in my office, just kind of chilling, and we're going to talk some songs. And I brought records and everything. We're just, we're ready to chill and, and enjoy. So. Sounds good. Hey, Joel, which... Uh... Which would you say of our two shows was higher rated? Which got the higher ratings? I have there? no idea. I out there on the I, internet. I don't keep track of those kind no. of things. I'm not doing this for the ratings. There's a lot of traffic. I'm doing this for the love of the broadcast. <laughs> there's a lot of traffic on the internet about our shows. Yes. So. Now, someday I should see how I can tr- measure it. Because I actually haven't looked to see how many people are. I got a call from Terry Gross after. Yeah, did you? <laughs> I don't know. You, Rolling Stone, man. I would think they would call you up. So, right about I have music. had people fishing, you know, people that are trying to, you know, monetize, just, you know, sort of uh, spam mail yeah. for, for the podcast, but so far I haven't bit yeah. yet. I'll we'll say that the people in my household haven't listened to my interviews. Uh, <laughs> that might be some gauge. That makes me feel so much better. Popular I think mind. that that's a theme I've <laughs> yeah. noticed. Yeah. I don't know about the rest of the folks who've been on the show, but I'm just saying. Yeah. My rationale for these nine songs, these are not, because it's not an exile, these are not songs that, you know, I had to think about. I thought about just songs that I love, and one theme that I thought of is I thought a lot about the first time I ever heard the song, Mm. and what it meant to me Mm. when I first heard the song, because I can still remember some of these, I can remember the first time I heard it. So that was kind of what, so the rationale of just, I love these songs, 
And there's going to be a couple that it, that theme does not, it breaks down because I just have listened to them so much. But there's also, and I'll have some memories for that. So that was my, one of my thinking. What about you, Christian? Awesome. Uh, venerable, yeah. V thank you. Venerable, thanks. If we could, yes. Um, VC is a beautiful um, reference. That's actually. I I have stories as well of first times I heard some of these songs. So that's interesting. We're gonna be so. here till tomorrow morning. I know. I know. I'll make them quick. I'll make them quick. <laughs> but there is a sentimental, yeah. And so I was kind of thinking exile. I mean, I was thinking of songs I can listen to over and over again and not grow tired of. So yeah. that was, um, but a couple other things. One again, not from my previous albums. And not from any artist so far mentioned on the Ninth Avenue Nine. That was my own personal challenge because hmm. it actually made it easier because it ruled out a lot of artists. Yeah. So, um, so that was um, uh, one thing I set out. And then um, uh, it's kind of old, older songs. So they're like yeah. songs like within probably the last five or ten years that I really love. That I just to make it easier, I made them ones. Excuse me. That mm -hmm. I've I've lived with longer. And then finally, I didn't do any worship songs. I really like worship songs, but I'm like, if I tried to pick worship songs, it'd be too hard. So, mm -hmm. so anyway, and I should mention, most worship songs that I love that we play at Church of the Cross, I like the Church of the Cross version better than the recorded version. Wow, so, that's so you good. Know, so that's, there you go. You can't, so, you can't yeah. lose saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, so I had those. That's my criteria. Okay. Mr. Sean. Well, similar to Christian, I picked uh, artists that I did not select for my nine albums um, the, the first time around. And... And was, I also did that. I don't know if I mentioned that. But you did say that, yeah. yes. And my reason for doing that was there were a lot of musicians that I felt so bad about not including in that <laughs> person. Like, sure. How did I not include this, this band or this person? So it gave me an opportunity to go back and show them some love. Um, but then also I just kind of wrote down uh, Alyssa's songs, and for whatever reason they started kind of falling in, in pairs and mm. different themes. Mm. Um, so I have eight songs that are are paired together, which will mess up the flow of this, of course. But I'll I'll, I'll still we'll, we can still go in the round robin. Um, but I have I have uh, four pairs and then a last uh, final song. Ooh, okay. Yeah. So right. interesting theme. Okay. Well, I'll start, and I did not the first the first song I have I remember very clearly the first time I ever heard mm. it. I was driving with, when I was probably 10 years old, and I was in this, the car on the Pomona Freeway. We were driving in um, right close towards Temple City, where my father grew up. And this person's voice came on the radio, and I'd never heard anything like it. I had never heard anything like it. And the song just kept going on and on and on. It was a long song. Mm. And I asked my dad, who is, who is this? And he says, this is Bob Dylan. Mm. Uh, I said, really? And it was, the song was Like a Rolling Stone. Mm. And I'll, I, I just remember asking him, why is this on the radio? His voice is so strange. Why? And he's like, and my, I just remember my father um, sort of explaining to me why Bob Dylan was Bob Dylan. Mm. Um, and I can never hear this song too much. Mm. I, I just... I mean, I love Bob Dylan. He was not on my nine because I just, I, I think more of him in terms of songs than albums. Mm. But I love him and I love the individual works. And this one just is his masterpiece to mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. And that's saying something. Yeah. Because he's got so much amazing work. But the, the, the opening drum shot, oh, the, so the organ through the whole thing. That was the other thing I remember striking me at the time was this, this interesting, mm. 
Hammond organ sound and just how he keeps singing on and on and on. The lyrics just keep going and going. And then, uh, and so I, that was the first time I'd ever heard Bob Dylan. I was probably nine or ten years old, hmm. just on a freeway in Southern California on the oldies station. Hmm. Well, it's so, interesting that one of his most iconic songs was so controversial when he released it, right? You know, people were all mad that he wasn't doing his, his uh, you know, folk yeah. music, and mm-hmm. he's gone electric and gone pop, and mm-hmm. but it has stuck as... Certainly one of his most famous and iconic songs. Yeah. 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 So Like a Rolling Stone is my first song. I'm with you. That song never grows old. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yep. yep. It's yeah. a song you can just roll down the windows to and just blast that yeah. thing as you're driving it down. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah. He's, he's kind of angry in that song. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. he's angry in a lot of his songs. He is. Man, it's so, <laughs> I, it's so good. Maybe you shouldn't make, make anger like that. Maybe it shouldn't make you so happy. But oh, man, man, it's just so good. It's great. Okay. All right. What's your first song? My, my first song, I don't remember when I first heard um, this one, um, although this was a band that in high school, I would say, was a very important band to me. I listened to them a lot. Um, so uh, the song is called Ceremony mm-hmm. by a band called New Order, a okay. British band from Manchester. And this song actually was written um, with, by um, the band Joy Division, uh-huh. which, um, uh, so they... They wrote it, and then I think was sang a couple times at concert, and then the lead singer of Joy Division um, committed suicide mm-hmm. um, right before um, they were going to begin a big American tour. So they were just starting to break out and become popular. Um, very sad. Um, he committed suicide, and then the rest of the band continued on under the name New Order. Mm-hmm. So, um, so he, um, so he helped write the song with the rest of the members of New Order. Um, so it's kind of a. It doesn't sound happy. I don't know what the lyrics are about. I mean, I've listened to it many times, and I have no idea what it's talking about. Um, seems dark. Um, yeah. And a lot of early New Order was pretty melancholy. Mm-hmm. And you almost feel like they were getting over the death of their friend for the first few albums, and then they became a little more pop. Um, but they were part of Manchester, part of the dance scene. and, and uh, But it's just like, so I think a New Order, like especially the early New Order, like... Um, uh, like it's like when you're feeling kind of sad, um, and like it's comforting to know someone's with you mm-hmm. it's sort of like a rainy day where it's like it's okay to be sad so yeah. um, anyway so but it's actually it's kind of a dance song too so anyway so i wish i could play it for you but people have to listen to it but it's just yeah. it's a beautiful song um uh yeah kind of has a dance song vibe but very melancholy and um uh and again it's kind of haunting sadly because you know this was one of the last songs yeah ian curtis i believe was his name um, uh, wrote so well, when was this one. christian I think it would have been late 70s. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so New York started to get more popular kind of in the 80s. I mean, they were never super popular over here. But I think, yeah, I think their first album came out late 70s. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, so many 19- bands from Manchester. Yeah. Oh. And like a Rolling Stone in 1965. So we got 1965, right. we got 1970. <laughs> what were yours again? 70. I don't know. I can look it up here. No, on no, no, it's all right. All right, all right, yeah. Sean! Well, I'm going to bring us into the into the current era. Go the current song, era. A song from 2020. Oh. Um, and I, Ooh. when I was on here before, almost all of my music was either um, from like 60s, 70s, or largely musicians that kind of came up in that in that era. So I wanted someone that was uh, doing things now. Um, so Sarah Jaros, who's a folk singer, uh, kind of Americana. Um, a singer, she has a song called Hometown on mm-hmm. her album mm-hmm. that came out last year. Uh, evidently won a lot of Grammys, and it's, uh, I, yeah, I think she's been around for a little while, but um, maybe gained her more notoriety. But it's just a beautiful song, and 
uh, I remember hearing this for the first time back just a couple months ago, and it was one of those songs that when I heard it, I thought for sure that it was a cover of uh, like an Emmy Lou Harris song. It just mm. I felt like I had heard it a bunch mm. of times. I'm like, oh yeah, I know that song. What is it? Mm-hmm. And it I hadn't. It was it just there was something so familiar about it without sounding exactly like another song. Uh, but it's just kind of a reflection on on home, um, and it follows a storyline that's pretty common in a lot of you know folk and and some some rock songs of someone having a dream as a young young person kind of coming of age and leaving their hometown and you know not being able mm-hmm. to wait to, to leave and then their dreams you know kind of fizzle out and mm-hmm. and don't come true and then having to come to grips with that and the kind of twist in this song is that. Um, unlike most of those songs that kind of just end on a melancholy note, she comes back to her hometown mm-hmm. and comes to appreciate where she came from mm-hmm. and the place that nurtured her, um, and including you know the the landscape and the people. Mm-hmm. And so it is kind of a take on maybe a common uh, song narrative in the folk tradition, and she does it really well. Mm-hmm. What's your name again? Sarah Jaros. Sarah Jaros. Yeah. Okay. And we'll All certainly right. put together playlists for yeah. this. You know. It'll be so. an easy playlist. Is it one playlist or three separate playlists? It'll be three separate playlists. <laughs> yeah, I don't think 27 songs. I suppose we could. Oh, I think totally. just have everybody mix it up. Yeah, We'll talk yeah. about that later. Okay, later. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Hometown? Hometown. All right, I've never heard of that. I haven't either. Yeah. That'll be fun yeah. to listen to. Um, so the, the next song that I have, I can't remember the first time... I listened to it, but I do remember listening to it endlessly on the on sitting on my floor in my room, mm. um, in my, in my room in Southern California. And this one is uh, "I Get Around" by the Beach Boys. Mm. Um, the Beach Boys are one of my favorite bands. I love uh, Pet Sounds, and there are a couple of great songs on that one. But this song is probably the one I've listened to mm. the most. Mm. Plus, it's super happy. It's really upbeat. It's really, really just a fun song. And I love their harmonies as usual. And it's just a really, really fun defining of their kind of early first few years as a band. I love the song. Yeah. Just can't get enough of it. Mm-hmm. Round, so, round, I get around. That's right. I get around. It's very complicated lyrics. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. lyrically, I mean, I mean, it's Bob Dylan may be surpassed <laughs> by the lyricism of, of I get does around. Does it transport you back to California whenever you're Of the course Beach it does. Yeah. Of course yeah. it does. Yeah. Transports people who haven't even been it has, to California. It, yeah, yeah, that's the beauty of it. That's yeah. and that's what they did so so well. Um, they were able I mean their first album or two was all about surfing and then they were, and but then even when they started just doing all of these other car yeah. songs and everything else, you could mm-hmm. always just associated them with sunshine and and yeah. Southern California and the freeways and everything. So yeah, it's they're magical and but this was the one I remember mm. from an early age what 10, 11, 12 really listening mm. to a lot just nice. over and over. Nice. On the Endless Summer uh, record, there's a they they did like a compilation. It was mm. called Endless Summer. It was a two album compilation of their best songs and I just I can remember just moving the needle back and forth over and over. So that's my number two. My next one's a Beach Boys song as well. No. That's not that's true. Not, that's not true. <laughs> no. He had me hoping for a that's second, a but then song. I realized how ridiculous it was that he would have a Beach no, Boys song. That's a good song. Okay, this one, um, uh, I'm, I'm, I know it was played in my home growing up, and I probably didn't really appreciate it, but I think my dad had this on vinyl, and on Friday nights, it was sort of like, you know, family party night. We'd get a Coke. We got a Coke one, one night a week on nice. Friday nights. You got a mm-hmm. full bottle. 
Full bottle of Coke. So, really? glass bottle, yeah. Two liters? Or? Yeah, no, 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 not two liters, <laughs> but the old glass bottle. Um, and my dad would put on albums, and, and so this is one that I get, I probably heard growing up, but I think it was late, I don't remember when, but sometime, you know, as an adult, heard it was like, that is an amazing song. So it's Let's Stay Together by Al Green. Oh, oh sure. Such a beautiful song. Um, and uh, yeah, just kind of a great 70s love song. I mean, he's got an incredible voice. Um, I was just writing down notes. I mean, just a smooth, silky voice. <laughs> I wrote down like a gelato from Italy. It just oh, yeah. like, goes down smooth. I mean, it's just a perfect song. Um, and uh, got the horns, got the backup singers, and and uh, my dad also really liked Last Night and the Pips. You know, which yeah, is like sure. they had like male backup singers, which mm-hmm. was always kind of anyway. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so I kind of put this song with Glass Night and the Pips, but yeah, just an awesome song. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I love that song. It's easy for that genre to kind of be too schmaltzy and and yeah. canned, yeah. and that song just feels very original. Yeah. Right? Every time you hear it, it's just kind of it's just strikes that chord right away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. and deep too. Yeah. Whether times are good or bad, happy right. or sad. Yeah, yeah. You know, let's stay together. I mean, yeah. it has that. It has a deep a depth to it. It does. In yeah, terms yeah. Of, it's not just, you know, a love jam. Right. It's just really, really, really cool. Yeah. It's part of the covenantal subgenre of R and B music. Exactly. Yeah. Covenantal. Yeah, there you go. Wow, nice. Why didn't I write that down? Yeah, theology. Come on. Come on. That's good. No, <laughs> so, I just was thinking of gelato. Like, Man, that song's like gelato. Uh, what do you say? All right. So Mr. my Sean. second song. Um, so this is the in the pairing of, of songs around memory and home and it's by uh, another folk musician named Greg Brown um, mm-hmm. if you guys are familiar with him and he's an Iowa folk singer who's been around for a while um, but he's got this deep baritone voice really one of my favorite songwriters um, he's super down to earth but very poetic and um, this song Can Goods is about his uh, about going to his grandma's house, um, especially around holidays, mm-hmm. and uh, she lived on a farm and just remembers the um, just like the taste of summer and the things that she would can and put in her um, you know uh, in her root cellar and um, this particular recording though that um, that I'm selecting is from a live album of his and it's uh, I remember the first time I heard this as well I was out in Colorado. Um, with my sister and brother-in-law my brother-in-law put it on and, and showed me this musician and um in the middle of the song he kind of breaks out into a like spoken word short hmm. story hmm. And so he's playing his guitar and he's telling this short story that you can tell he's memorized because it's he's got all these turns of phrases and it's very particular but he's talking as though he's just sitting around a fire hmm. and talking to, to somebody and it's just it's funny it's uh you know it's it's uh, has, has kind of like deep moments in it too but it's just really fun to listen to it's like if you've ever been around someone who's just a fantastic storyteller and you just you could listen to them talk for two hours mm-hmm. it's he's that kind of guy mm-hmm. um it's a really cool song and that's my second choice awesome. i think yeah and dean had an album his. she has an album of Cover? Was that Greg Brown? yeah oh, mm-hmm. so okay yep. yeah it's good i would listen to a couple songs from yeah. that it's really good yeah I've so this album is called the live one and he's a really good live performer mm-hmm. um yeah mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah, I remember I listened to a few of his songs okay. on her playlist, and I really did like yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, good. So, for number three, for me, I the first time I really saw the song, it was weird. I was talking to you about this one a, a week or two ago, Christian. Mm-hmm. I was, um, it was on a documentary about this particular mu- musician. 
and the musician is Glenn Campbell, and the song is Gentle on My Mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this song, it, and the reason what stuck with me about it was this, this film that he did was a documentary of his last tour. He had Alzheimer's, and they did one last tour for him, and while he couldn't do a lot of other things, he could mm-hmm. still remember lyrics and his because he was a fantastic guitarist he was a session guitarist in the 60s and was on tons of records including beach boys records and he was a great guitarist and he could still play guitar just the way he always could he could always remember the lyrics as the tour went on that started to but this was the song he opened every concert with so since the documentary was about this uh this concert tour i heard this song a lot And if you've never heard it, it is such a great song. The lyrics are just these sort of rambling country lyrics, and there's such a gentle sort of quality. It's in the gentle on my mind. It's, in the, it's such a beautiful song, and the and the way he talks about this person, mm. his his love, the turns of phrase. Uh, it's knowing that the door is always open and your path is free to walk is the first line, and it just and it just. It has that cl- that quality that some lyricists do, where the song just sort of continues to unravel. You know, a lot of great songs they go back to a chorus and there's a bridge and everything else. And this is one Bruce Springsteen does this a lot, mm-hmm. where it's just the it just kind of unrolls. It's like mm-hmm. a rug and it keeps going and mm-hmm. going. And you're wondering how long are they going to be able to keep this lyrical magic just uh-huh. wandering before they have to go back to a chorus? And it doesn't happen. Yeah. It just mm-hmm. keeps going. It's a beautiful song, mm. beautiful song, and it, it and there's some great covers of it. Um, oh, uh, Alison Krauss, hmm. you know, mm. lots of people have yeah. covered it, and it's a gorgeous song. So is it, it's a love song about mm-hmm. oh, yeah. wife or girlfriend. Or yeah, <clears throat> yeah, and it's somebody that's in his past. Yeah, keeps you ever gentle on my mind. Yeah, it's a, yeah. You know, somebody I've listened to it a couple times. It's yeah, good. it's yeah, a great yeah. song. Yeah, I did not know much Glenn Campbell. Yeah, neither do I. Yeah, interesting yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Long story career. Yeah. Number three, Mr. Christian. Number three. All right. You know, this one, I mean, it wouldn't have made the list no matter what, but I just need to say that after after I shared the you know on the first Ninth Avenue Nine and listened to others, mm-hmm. I felt a little bit like you know a lot of people are putting like classical music out there, yeah. soundtracks, <laughs> musicals, jazz. And I think I had all just rock, <laughs> folky yeah. rock, yeah. bluegrassy rock, but just yeah. so, yeah, um, so this is I denied a worship album, a, a rock worship album, right? A contemporary, <laughs> yeah. So this is my my chance to to try to make up for that. Yeah. It's, it's, so it's a jazz band doing a classical song. Contemporary classical song, um, "Hoedown" by oh, Bella sure. Fleck and the Flecktones. Uh, oh, that would be cool. Copeland? Aaron Copeland, yeah, right? ballet. I've never or, heard no, that. Uh, rodeo. It? Yeah, I guess it's a ballet. It is a ballet. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So anyway, Aaron Copeland counts as classic, right? Yes, classical. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. All right. Anyway, super fun. Bella Fleck and the Flecktones. That sounds cool. I've never heard. It, but I know Bella Fleck. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah. Like so really I think fun. it's. Um, I think the version I have is from a live album. Um, mm-hmm. Live at the Quick, I think. Anyway, uh-huh. so I guess this is probably my more recent one, but I mean, that was probably 10 years ago that I first heard this. But anyway, um, yeah, just super fun, tons of energy. I, I mean, you know, it has like a little banjo solo, has a bass solo, has uh-huh. a horn solo in it. And uh, as Cyrus said when I was listening to it last night, he said, it slaps. 
that's what the young people say. Now he may be the only person that says that. He may have been saying that to fool me, so I think that's. I was gonna say, don't try that out, like in front of a cashier. Hey guys, let me play the song for you. It's slap. <laughs> Nobody says that. So. Yeah, but anyway, everybody's just looking at each other with a blank stare. But this song does slap. So yeah, anyhow, so I recommend it. And I would say in general, Bella Fleck, the Flecktones. Um, again, I'm I'm not very wide in my <clears throat> music, but as far as a, I guess they're kind of jazz. I mean, they're, they're yeah, kind of their yeah. own deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just love them. I just mm-hmm. I just find them super enjoyable. Yeah, so, me too. Yeah, yeah. 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 listen in. He's. He's come into town playing in the Twin Cities in just like a month or so. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah Molly and I saw him in concert again five, seven or eight years ago, yeah. and they were so much fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. He, yeah, to do classical music on the banjo is just something really different. He has yeah. a whole album of just Bach. Yeah, pieces. I know, I've heard it. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so fast. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to hear that. That sounds neat. It's yeah. a good song. Number three, Mr. Sean. All right. So I'm going to go into my next, my next theme. Um, I've got to bring it up here. All right, so the next theme is uh, cover songs, and mm. you might consider this cheating because it's my way of actually talking about two musicians. <laughs> ah, <of> nice, sure. <laughs> but uh, the first cover is uh, the song Black Star that is performed by Gillian Welch and Dave Rawlings. Mm. It's a Radiohead song uh, oh, from their sure. 1995 album, The Bends. Okay. And it's one of my favorite songs from that album, from mm. The Bends. And their cover of it is so cool. Mm. Um, they have these great harmonies. Dave Rawlings is a wizard on the guitar, and he has this just really cool guitar work on it. And Gillian's voice goes so well with the song. It's mm. like it almost seems like it was meant for her to perform or something. So it's really worth listening to. Um, I don't know if it was re- put on a, a, an album, but there's a good recording of, of it that you can listen to on Spotify or wherever else. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really, a, it's one of my favorite covers. And I don't hear people cover Radiohead that often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. They just, they have a, enough of a kind of unique, hard to replicate sound that people mm-hmm. don't seem to go there. And this is mm-hmm. a different take on it with kind of more folky uh, instrumentation. Yeah. Oh, well, that'd be interesting. Yeah. 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 How's Radiohead not shown up yet? That's true. Yeah. Radiohead, yeah. 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 They seem to have very devoted followers. Yeah, I guess they we do. just yeah, People are into Radiohead. I'm really into Radiohead. None of them have been on the yeah. show yet. Yeah, maybe that's a shout out to the Radiohead fan. <laughs> if you're a Radiohead fan and, and you, you want to be on the show, if Come you want to have all nine of your albums that's right. Radiohead, that's yep. totally yeah. fine. All right, well, we are going to take a quick break and we will get right back to the music in just a minute. And we're back. We are back for the next three songs on our nine songs for our Ninth Avenue Nine uh, roundtable triangle. Yeah, whatever this is. <laughs> Joel, who do you think is winning at this point? Would you say? What well, What are your dibs on who's going to win? Oh, of course, well, I'm winning. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. Who would you vote for of the three of us? That's who would I vote for the three? Yeah. I would vote for myself. No, no, these are great. I mean, I I'm really excited to listen to that. I, uh, like, I love. Yeah. I love. Uh, that piece of Aaron Copeland, so that's really yeah, cool. So I'm thinking about the times I've heard Bella Fleck. I can imagine that he could, he would make yeah. it because that's a really fun piece. Yeah. Yeah. So, so um, I will uh, actually pick up next with my fourth song. I have got six different ones here, and I'm trying to decide which one I want to talk about next. I am going to talk about uh, my one classical entry, and what I wanted to do with this was have a shorter piece rather than a long piece. 
And this is uh, a piece that I adore, and this is Claire de Lune by mm. Claude Debussy. Mm. Yes. A absolutely, it's only like, I think, four or five minutes mm. long. Um, I don't remember the first, I, I, I got a, Biola, the college I went to, we had a, the, we opened a new li- they opened a new library about 20 years ago, and when they were trying to clear out the old library, there were a lot of records that they cleaned out, and they had a bunch of these time-life collections of different composers, and they just gave them out. And one of them was Debussy, and I, I took it home, and I was listening to all this, and I came on this one. And I'm sure I'd heard it before, because it's so popular, but man, it's just, it just takes your breath away. It's so gorgeous, and mm. just the name... The music is the name. It sounds mm-hmm. like Moonlight. It mm-hmm. just sounds like Moonlight, mm-hmm. and it is, it's gorgeous. So that would be my number four song. Awesome. Good. VCR? Are you okay? Venerable Christian? It's sort of a modern, song. modern classic. Um, uh, okay, so I have a story for this one. The, oh. first, the first time I heard this song. So um, uh, it's by Elvis Costello. Mm-hmm. I, I, I still love Elvis Costello, but for a while it was like almost all I listened to was, was Elvis Costello. <laughs> so he's got a lot of music. So, <laughs> so I was kind of discovering him. But I saw him in concerts when I was in college, so it was in the early 90s, um, and uh, um, I'd heard a number of them, but I hadn't heard all of them. Um, and he did this thing in the concert where he would send the guy out into the auditorium in a wolf suit, um, or like a wolfman suit, and the wolfman would crowd somebody and bring them up on the stage. Then they'd spin this giant wheel, and they'd get some prize, and then they could request any song. It was oh. just him solo. It wasn't yeah. with the band, uh, with the attractions. It was just him playing by himself. And if he could, if he knew it, you know, I mean, someone asked for one song. He's like, I'm so, that one's too obscure. I don't know how to play it. But it, most of them he, he could do. But anyway, so he pulled someone out, and they requested the song New Lace Sleeves, mm-hmm. which I'd never heard before. And he played it, and I was like, oh, my gosh, how can I be an Elvis Costello fan and never have heard this song? So it's, it's my favorite of his songs. Uh, by far. So, anyway, um, do, you, do you know it? I don't, I don't yeah. think I do. It's from the album yeah. Trust. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, it's just sort of like a crooning. I mean, I love Elvis Costello's voice, um, and uh, this was perhaps a, a rich point where his voice had a very kind of, again, mellow, kind of mm-hmm. smooth sound. Um, and again, and lyrics are, I mean, he's a great lyricist. Again, the song seems to be kind of about like social class and, and, um, uh, I read one time he said it's about the English press's love of scandal. Um, <laughs> but I'll just read these words sure. from it. Um, uh, the salty lips of the socialite sisters with their continental fingers that have never seen working blisters. Oh, I know they've got their problems. How I wish I was one of them. <laughs> <laughs> so I love it. So that's kind of classic Elvis Costello. It sounds like He that. says some turn of the phrase, you know, so they have their problems and I wish I was one of their problems. So yes. anyway, so New Life Seas by Elvis Costello is just... Beautiful song, and again, one of those songs that I could just listen to over and over again, sure. and I get tired of. Yeah, he's kind of slipped under the radar for me. I need to listen to yeah. more of his stuff, yeah, but yeah. anything I've ever heard, I really like. Yeah, he's so prolific, and I, I some of his later stuff I'm not as crazy yeah. about, but um, his mm-hmm. early albums especially, are just I just love hmm. them. So. It's so interesting about the Wolfman yeah. thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's super funny. Uh, uh, ironically, Andean had the same idea for... Uh, worship uh, services on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Somebody coming up as a wolf man and yeah. then spinning. What would they spin? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But something on Pete Berg. I feel like Pete needs to be wearing like a big, a big wheel or something that someone spins. But yeah. Yeah. any song, any song they want, they want requested. Yeah. So. But she doesn't even know about Elvis Costello, so I don't know how she came up with the same that's idea. That's great. Apparently, we're going to bring Stump the Band back. And that's right. That's right. Across. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah. Love it. So. Stump the yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, shine, Jesus, shine. We could get it. Good old classic Yeah, I'll be staying at a hotel tonight. <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently your household doesn't listen yeah, to these exactly. podcasts, yeah, so you're saying. <laughs> exactly. What's yours, number four, Mr. Sean? All right, so my second cover. Um, mm. It is uh, Jeff Buckley performing Dylan's song, Just Like a Woman, from Blonde oh. and Blonde. Um, oh, sure. Either of you guys listen to Jeff Buckley much or familiar with no, him? No, I mean, I, I'm familiar with him. Yeah. Just sort of the legend, especially his... Hallelujah. Yeah, I know, exactly. That's what I thought you were going to say. It's the one that's really popular, but... Yeah, I mean, for... Yeah, that's where where most people would know him uh, from that cover, but he was just like a kind of once-in-a-generation type talent, Mm. kind of a a quirky guy, but um, Mm. incredible guitar player, just like an unparalleled voice for like vocal control and, and... the way he could sing was pretty pretty amazing. Mm. Um, and he had you know very much a short lived career. He made one like full album um, that did really well, and then he died tragically drowning in a mm-hmm. in a river, mm-hmm. uh, nighttime swim, mm-hmm. and he got like sucked under a, a, a wake from a tugboat or something. But this uh, cover is from an album called Live at Sine, and mm. it's a just fantastic two disc. Uh, set of music when he was just playing at these cafes in the village in New York and does a lot of like Nina Simone covers, a lot of Dylan, Van Morrison, and then of course his own music as well. But um, yeah, it's just a cover that whenever I hear it, I'm like, there's just something so poignant about it. And I, whenever I hear Dylan's version of Just Like a Woman, I don't think of it in that same vein. I think of it maybe a little bit of his... Um, I don't know, almost like humorous type, type songs mm-hmm. where he's kind of cutting at somebody. Yeah. But, man, the yeah. way Buckley performs is just really, really hmm. cool. So worth listening to. No, awesome. yeah, interpretation yeah. of songs yeah. is such a huge, um, yeah. interesting thing. We think yeah. of, I always think of singer-songwriters is where it's at, but there's so many. Like, one artist I didn't end up using on here, I was thinking of was a Frank Sinatra song. And mm. I don't think I ever wrote a thing, but it's so yeah. associated with, you know, his his songs. Yeah. Because he inhabits them. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So my, my uh, number five is actually, this is going to be the one time I cheat. I'm going to talk about two songs that I think are very, they, they could be written about the same relationship. But I don't think that these two artists had ever known each other or knew, but it just, when I listen to these songs, not only is the sound of them very similar, but the theme is, and but one seems like it's from the male perspective and one's from the female mm. perspective. So the two songs are Fall to Pieces by Patsy Cline and She Thinks I Still Care by George Jones. They're both country songs. Mm. And they are, first of all, they're both amazing songs. Fall to Pieces is, is gorgeous. It's the classic, both of them is kind of a Nashville sound, polished, not like the, you know, Bakersfield, Merle Haggard country. Mm. It's just that really polished, produced, yeah. shiny country music, which, you know, it's not my favorite, but in these two cases, and I don't know, what in both of these the piano has a sound that I it's that sort of almost saloon yeah. sort of piano sound <laughs> that is gorgeous tinny yeah. and it, and the way that the the player on both of these tracks plays them and so she is singing about like i said i don't think that these <laughs> these songs have actually anything to do with each other mm. but she is singing about a man that she's in love with, and you walk by and i fall to pieces and George Jones is singing, She Thinks I Still Care, and you can tell the longer he sings in this song, 
the more you realize he's the one who's hung up mm-hmm. on her. Mm-hmm. You know, just because I haunt the same old places where the memory of her lingers everywhere, she thinks I still care. Mm-hmm. You know, so you can tell that he is, is the one who's having a trouble getting yeah. over it. But she also has this, this real sadness over this relationship that's mm-hmm. over. They're both beautiful songs, and I think of them together a lot. Mm. And actually, I was thinking between those two songs, I was thinking of one of them, and I was thinking, you know what? These songs are kind of like an A and B side. They're kind of like about the same thing from different perspectives. So, anyway, that's my number five. I love that. And I love that about country music. There's these little storylines that get picked up in different musicians' Mm -hmm. songs and... Uh, different kind of takes and ideas, so that's great. Yeah. So much country music about heartbreak. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. such yeah. a theme. And so these, <clears throat> um, and these two, these are not my favorite country artists, mm-hmm. um, but there's something about the purity of both of their voices. Their mm-hmm. vocals are just mm-hmm. pristine. That was Patsy Cline's first one. Yeah, and Patsy Cline and yeah. George Jones. Awesome. Yep. Yeah, that's great. Number five. Good. All right, number five. Apparently, we can cheat on number five. Apparently, so are you cheating. going to? Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm going to get in two artists, but I'll mainly talk about one. Which I was worried. I was afraid you were going to say this, so I'm glad. And it's probably your number six. Um, uh, uh, but the song um, "Forever Now" by the Psychedelic Furs. Oh yeah. Yeah, there are a lot of psychedelic. Well, furs I guess I'm going to go back to the drawing board here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, Psychedelic Furs '80s. I think it would be called a new wave uh, band. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a song "Love My Way." Maybe you guys are too young. I you grew up watching MTV in the eighties, so oh, you don't sure. know "Love My Way." Did you watch that? Pretty in Pink. They had that song. There was I, feel, a movie. I remember them, and I remember their videos, but I okay. just barely. Yeah, "Ghost in You." That was another popular one. Anyway, you're such a Gen X. I, I know. I know. So anyway, <laughs> so the lead singer, which I should look up his name, Richard Smith. I think it's the name. Anyway, has kind of the scratchy voice. Sounds like he smoked a few cigarettes. He didn't get any sleep. So kind of a tired, like scratchy voice. Um, and so okay, so my story for this song. I've got a story. I'll be mm-hmm. quick. Um, uh, so it was the first like tape I bought with like my own money. Like oh, tapes. Yeah. They used to buy tapes to listen to cassettes. Music. Yeah, I have one here on my. Yeah, computer. there it is. Yeah. Yeah, well, my we'll love. Take a picture of that. My love of the cassette. Um, <laughs> and uh, so you know, I've been given tapes for like birthday and things like that, like Queen's Greatest Hits and yes. Billy Joel, probably. But then I decided I like new wave music, and I was gonna use my own money. Mm-hmm. And so I'd heard the song "Love My Way" on MTV. So I decided I'm going to buy the Psychedelic Furs album. The name of the album is um, Forever Now. And I remember, I was with a group of friends. We all went over to another friend's house. I had this tape. I meant like my hands were shaking as I was opening the tape. Put it into Walkman and put it on. The first song on the album is the song Forever Now and the album Forever Now. And I was just like, this song is so great. <laughs> so and it's still, I still love it. I still listen to it a lot. So kind of 80s synthesizer, swirling guitars. In the middle of the song, it has like a bell, kind of like a you know bell choir kind uh-huh. of solo. Anyway, it's just a great song. So um, I don't know what else to say about it. Forever now, Brit- psychedelic. British new wave. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, I, I liked a lot of their songs, but for a while, you know, a couple of years, they were like, so that was my band. You know, mm-hmm. people be like, what kind of music yeah. do you like? I like the psychedelic first. That was my answer. So, um, but then if I can throw out there another new wave song that I just couldn't quite put it on my nine. Because um, it's a band I used to make fun of um, all the time, but this song is so good. Um, is the Cure uh-huh. in Between Days, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you guys know that song, but it's just a super fun song. <laughs> I was made fun of the Cure because they're so like dour and sad <laughs> and everything, but they actually have a number of super happy songs. It's mm-hmm. kind of funny. They have really sad songs. 
really happy ones. So they that's just my... look sad. Yeah, exactly. I mean, with that big hair, I mean, how do you not look sad? You poor guy. He's got those big bags under his eyes. Johnny Depp was channeling him for Edward Scissorhands? And probably. I think so. I really think he might have been. Yeah, no, I think so. But anyway, so if you don't know the song in between days, that's your little bonus song there. There you go. Yep. And Joel, I'm curious, where do you stand on cassettes? He brought it up. I don't have many cassettes left. I had a lot of them when I was yeah. in high they school. They don't last long. Um, I mean, I would burn a lot out. I've got a few in my... You know what? I, I do have a few left in the house, but, you know, I, I'm just sort of... Yeah. Albums are my thing now. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I don't... Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're, they definitely... There's that... There's that market too. As much as vinyls we can come back, you're seeing really? crazy. cassettes are I mean, too. the sound quality is so bad out of them. I don't see the upside with cassettes the way I do with vinyls. Right, sure. exactly. Yeah, yeah. I remember as a young you know, young kid just listening to cassette tapes and I'm like, I, I don't think this is going to last. <laughs> <laughs> Something's going to replace this. The, the, yeah. the, 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 the number of times I had to ravel them back up. Yeah, oh, they're terrible. So. Well, I have some uh, cassettes of early sermons of mine. If you oh. want those from when I did an internship at a church. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. they give you a cassette of your sermons. So anyway, I'll, I'll pass those on to you guys. Oh, <laughs> oh the market value on that. Yeah. Oh, those are valuable. So my mom you, probably yeah. has a bunch of them. So. Yeah, eBay. Yeah, eBay. Right. Watch that auction. That's right. What's number five for you, Sean? All right. So I'm new stepping, theme. stepping into a new theme, mm. and the theme is Friends of Church of the Cross. Ooh, so these are musicians nice. that are connected to Church of the Cross somehow. Mm-hmm. First one, Sean O'Neill. First one, no. <laughs> Myself. Yeah, <laughs> so good. <laughs> I'm not this conceited person that would like say, oh, my songs are the best of the three. And, yeah, it's true. Like that. No, you're very humble. Uh, the song is Mercy's New by our friends at City of oh, Anglican, uh, Bonnie and Trevor McMacken. Yes, and song. I love the song. I, of course, love it when we do it here at church as a worship song, but I also listen to it just mm-hmm. in my car. Yeah. And I, uh, you know, just as a confession, don't typically listen to that much recorded wor- worship music. Mm-hmm. I just, I like to listen to work, worship mu- music, you know, uh, as I'm worshiping yeah. corporately. Uh, but this is one that I definitely make an exception for. It's just they do it so well for mm-hmm. being, you know, church production, mm-hmm. however they did it. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so I love that song, and they do a very nice job with it. Mm-hmm. What was, what was the my, title again? My, it's Mercy's New, um, Parentheses, Lamentation. We, we sang it, it's beautiful. Three. Yeah. Okay, yeah. sure. Yeah, we sang it this past Sunday, I think, um, recently. Okay. Yeah, about two Sundays ago, because I wasn't here, I wouldn't remember. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I had it as my alarm for a while, like okay. the song that would wake me up in the morning, because it's just such yeah. a positive, mm-hmm. and, yeah, yeah, beautiful song. Okay. Well, cool. Nice. We're through five. Start okay. on uh, round six here. Um... Again, I, I kind of have a, I didn't have a particular order here. I think I'm going to go with Georgia on My Mind by Ray Charles. Mm, nice. um, Ray Charles, I, not, not an artist that I have a ton of music of, but I can't really think of too many artists that, ins, that just inspire me when mm. I hear him more. Mm. Um, I was telling Sean right before um, we started recording, I can't remember why we brought up... Oh, uh, the, I was showing Sean a, a, a copy of an album that was recorded at the Hollywood Bowl, mm. and I was telling him that I saw Ray Charles once mm. at the Hollywood Bowl. And what was great, he sang this song, of course. That was He sang a ton of songs that were popular, a lot mm. of standards, but he sang this one because I really do think that, interestingly enough, even though he has so many of his own songs... There's something, talking about interpretation, there's something he brings to this that is just, 
it's just goes beyond. It's it's so mm. beautiful, and it's mm-hmm. and I've heard it lots of times in different. You know, mm. I don't remember the first time I ever heard it, but I, I I have memories of you know hearing it late at night in the dark and just how just sort of soothing mm-hmm. it is, um, and uh, just the genius and the of of his interpretation, not only of you know. It just of country music. This is a this was originally on a country music uh, album mm. that he did uh, a bunch of. I think I could be wrong. No, actually, that's I can't stop loving you. I'm sorry, I'm making that up. But in any case, it's a wonderful interpretation. Mm-hmm. So and just the, the strings on it, and just his sort of just comforting vocal. Mm. I just love it. Yeah, it's an amazing song. I, I didn't realize that he didn't write it. So it was a, yeah. It was a yeah, I thought it was him. Yeah, too. it's a standard. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's not his. Yeah, but that but that kind of says something, doesn't exactly. it? That you think? Yeah. Oh, I did. Right. Yeah, yeah, you made it because of own, how right. just how how much he is. Yeah. So. Okay. Number ready? Six? Number six, the Modern Lovers. Oh no. sure. No. Yeah. No. Well, you've okay. talked to me about. Yeah, it. of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So anyway, there's a singer, Jonathan Richmond. Mm-hmm who um, did a lot of soul stuff, and he has albums, Jonathan Richmond and Modern Lovers, but there was really only one The Modern Lovers um, album. Um, and so, um, kind of influenced actually by like The Velvet Underground, and um, uh, Jerry Harrison, who was in The Talking Heads, was actually in The Modern Lovers, oh, and a guy from The Cars. So it's kind of this band in Boston that got super popular um, in Boston, and then we're starting to kind of break out and become more popular and then Jonathan Richmond, the lead singer, decided he didn't. He wanted like folk music, and he actually said, "I want to make music that would not hurt a child's ears." So his the rest of his music totally changed, um, and uh, and I actually like his latest stuff as well. But uh, Modern Lovers is just this classic album. So um, uh, so anyway, so the first song is called Roadrunner, and. Uh, it's just, it's a song, he's from Boston, um, and it's a song about him driving around late at night in Boston. So um, um, so anyway, it's just kind of this driving song. I mean, it literally says, you know, driving around with the radio on. At one point he says, the highway is your girlfriend. So you get this feeling he's kind of a lonely guy. <laughs> like His girlfriend's the highway, he's in love with rock and roll. Um, he talks about stopping at the stop and shop. Um, and so when our family went out to Boston, we saw Stop and Shops out there. We were like, hey, it's like the John the Richmond song, because we had listened to that song all the time on Family Drive. So um, so anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just a great song. So, and like I said, there's lots of later Jonathan Richmond. Molly and I actually saw him in concert when we were first dating. And it's it's folksy. It's kind of, sometimes it's almost a little too cute, his music, and, and again, kind of childlike. Um, but um, I, I again, enjoy him very much in that. Um, uh, but this album kind of has a whole different, a whole different sound. So, so what band, anyway. band member from the Talking Heads? Is Jerry it? Harrison. He was the keyboard, keyboard okay. player. And again, I think the guitarist from the Cars. I forget his name. Um, cool. He was one of the more famous Cars. Yeah. Um, but anyway, but it's a lot of like kind of like bands were influenced by that first Modern Lovers um, album, and then they, you know, like I said, they went in a totally different direction. I recommend the whole album. He has a song, I'm talking too much, but anyway, called I'm Straight on it. Then again, in high school, I heard the song, and it's about how, like, he's straight, and his girlfriend's going after this, like, drug guy, and, like, how he's, like, trying to win her over. (laughs) So anyway, as a straight high school student, as far as, you know, drug use kind of, you know, um, uh, anyway, it was kind of became the song for me and my friends, you know, like, he's like, why would you go with that drug head? So anyway, it's a funny song, so... Nice. All right, what's well, next in your theme there on uh, the uh, Friends of Church of the Cross? Friends of Church of the Cross. Yeah. So our, our second friend here is Nick Tavani's quartet called uh, Aeolus uh, okay. Quartet. Ooh. And they do uh, um, 
version of Samuel Barber's Adagio for mm. Strings. Oh, wow. An album that they just released, I think, last year, I want to oh, say. Oh, that's great. Um, and it's really cool. I mean, uh, the, the song, it's a well-known uh, piece from mm-hmm. Samuel Barber. It's yeah, just so has so much drama in mm-hmm. it, and it's, it's amazing, and they do it really well as a quartet. Um, uh, but the that album that they released it on has just a different kind of mix of, of songs that I'll say are kind of outside of the type of classical music that I've listened to. Mm. Um, and so there's a lot of really cool, mm. uh, cool pieces on that album. And that one is uh, one that's especially cool. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's great to know. Yeah. Does he does he play like the lead? He or? plays, yeah. So I mean, it's him and um, you know, it's a it's a quartet. So it's him mm-hmm. and I guess another violin player, violin cello, mm-hmm. and wow. um, yeah. So he's he's uh, an amazing violinist, and it's fun to get to listen to his, his stuff in the car. And um, yeah, that's that's a great piece. Wow. That would be kind of cool to hear in that it, I would imagine that a lot of times when they record it, there's a lot of strings. So to hear it with four, mm. yeah, that would be cool because more it's, of a spare. It's totally, yeah. yeah. At any time I've ever heard that piece, it's really big. Yeah. It's mm. just, yeah. Lots of instruments, full orchestra. So to hear it in a quartet version is it's a very different take mm-hmm. on, on the piece that I haven't heard before. Um, yeah. And then you actually notice the different string parts more mm. than... Cool. You typically would. Ooh, yeah, and that's the beauty yeah. of a quartet. You yeah. Really yeah. All right, so that's six. We will take a quick break, and we will be right back. And we're back, and we were just discussing what would Sean's last theme be. Ooh. And Sean has already said that it's all themes from the uh, songs from the Rocky soundtracks. So I can't wait to hear which of the of the amazing cuts that yeah. you pick. Well, Joel, you had mentioned earlier the soundtrack from Cocktail. Yeah. So I can't, I'm waiting yeah, for that yeah. to make an earlier appearance. Earlier today I said all my, yeah, because Kokomo by the Beach Boys was a favorite. I was hoping that'd be your Beach and Boys song. I figured I could just go with the, because that res- defined not only me, but a generation. It did. It yeah. you really yeah. stop yeah. to think about yeah. it. Tom Cruise swirling the cocktails around. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're at number seven. Um, my next song um, is an American masterpiece, mm. in my opinion. Mm. Uh, this is uh, Take the A-Train by Duke Ellington's mm. orchestra. Mm. Uh, now, this song, uh, there's several different versions of it. He has a record. He's got, you know, but the one that I would I would just have to listen to is there is a an amazing live album of his that's live at Newport. I think it's 1957. Mm. And they play a version of it on that that is just killer. And it's just, the thing that's so great about listening to this song, as well as what is so great about jazz in general, is when you listen to it and how the different musicians that Duke Ellington picked and worked so hard with constantly, how they improv on the theme, and it's never the same song. It's the same theme, and this was their theme as an orchestra. This was their theme song, and it was written by Duke Ellington's uh, writing partner, Billy Strayhorn. Mm. And I just, I love it. It's so happy. It's so joyful. And um, I can never hear it. And every other version of it, I've heard lots of different versions of it, and they're all great. But this one is my favorite. But yeah, it's just great. So I love Duke Ellington, love jazz. Um, On my nine albums, I had a Miles Davis album. And while I love Miles Davis, Duke Ellington, it was hard for me to not include Mm -hmm. him on that because... Duke Ellington is the the sort of soaring 
genius of jazz mm-hmm. in terms of, I mean, Louis Armstrong and Miles Davis, these, there's these amazing soloists, but Ellington was the composer. He mm-hmm. would use this, this, um, this orchestra as his, and compose with it. And it, he's, he was just a genius. And so, but I just, this is about a five minute track. So mm-hmm. it's not heady and long, like yeah. some of his music, which is great, but it's just, I just love it. And it is about, I guess, when Billy Strayhorn, one of the times I think when I asked him, asked uh, Duke Ellington for instructions or directions to his home, the 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 main one was take the A train, and mm. so he thought of this song while he was talking. Right. So, yeah. So where's where's he from? Duke Ellington was born in Washington D.C. Was he okay? Yeah, he okay. was a he was a a son of privilege. Hmm. I mean, if you could be a son of privilege as a as a black man in the early 1900s, but his his family was a middle class or upper oh, middle yeah. class. Oh. Uh, family in Washington D.C. and just very much a uh, a pampered son of his mother. Oh. And he, but uh, so grew up in Washington D.C. and then I think once he hit his twenties or whatever, just was on the road the rest of his life wow. Wow. until his seventies. Fascinating. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good. All right. What do you got? I got Pop that VCR. Oh, oh just wait. Be comfortable. <laughs> Hold my beer. That's what the young kids say when they're about to throw down some slapping music. They say, "Hold my beer." Yeah, I've heard that expression. I think that means it's gonna go bad. Oh, does it? Yeah. When you say "hold my beer," it's like you made a mess out of this. Watch me make it even worse. Oh, that's hold my beer. Wow, that explains a lot. I it does. Understand. Doesn't <laughs> so, um, uh, okay, this is someone that grew up in Minneapolis. So, um, uh, on our, our, our first podcast together, Joel, yeah. I talked about The Replacements, great Minneapolis band. Uh, this band kind of um, popular at the same time in, on the Minneapolis scene was Husker Du. Yeah. Um, uh, kind of more of a punk rock. Well, early replacements were punk rock. But anyway, so I was a big Husker Du fan. I actually really liked their last album, which... Uh, some people didn't like this much, but it was a double album. I loved it. Um, and so when they broke up, I was I was upset. Um, mm-hmm. And then I heard that Bob Mould, the um, lead singer, or one of the singers, there was Bob Mould and Grant Hart, um, uh, one of the singer-songwriters in the band was coming out with a solo album. It took like like two years, I think, to come out. So, you know, again, this was before the internet, so you just had to go to a record store mm-hmm. and keep looking under M. I remember I'd always come across... Ted Nugent, and I knew, I was like, man, it's Ted Nugent again, like, because Bob Mould, I'm like, I must, there must not be any Bob Mould in here, I'm in the ends, you know, so. I'm, and I'm guessing that number eight's going to be a Ted Nugent. It is, it is, yeah, so anyway, so finally this album came out, again, I remember I bought the tape, Bob Mould, I came home, I, my mom asked me to walk the dogs, so I put the Bob Mould album, um, it was called Workbook, into my, um, Walkman, start walking the dog. The first song in the album is just an acoustic. It's beautiful, actually. It's just short. Probably like 30 seconds, him on an acoustic guitar. And then the next song, Wishing Well, came on. And it was just, again, I mean, I can remember it so clearly, walking around my neighborhood in Indianapolis and being like, this is so good. It mm-hmm. may be even better than Who's Could Do. Um, and it's still, um, you know, I, I actually saw Bob Mould a few years ago in concert and realized I'm too old now for Bob Mould. Even though he's older for me, <laughs> super loud. It was so loud. And he's an amazing guitarist. But this song has never gone tired for me. So anyway, really good song. He's kind of, again, he was working through a lot of personal demons at that point. So it's a pretty angry song. He was actually pretty angry about the breakup of the band. Um, but... Really powerful, kind of has acoustic guitar for like the first half of the song, and then just rips into this guitar solo in the middle. That's just beautiful. So anyway, I I highly recommend. Wishing well. Wishing well, 
by Bob Mould or mm -hmm. Mould. I don't even know how you say his name properly. Mould. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. yeah we look forward to. I believe he's in California now. I don't think he's still here in the Midwest. <clears throat> anyway, mm. so. Problematic. But I did see the drummer of um, Husker Du once in a, a restaurant. So, <laughs> anyway, so I was too shy to go up and talk to him. So. Yes. Yeah. Miss Miss your chance. I did. Yeah. I really, yeah. <laughs> What's number seven, Sean? What you got? What's right. your new theme? Not Rocky. Well, maybe it is. Maybe, maybe you're. It is. Maybe, maybe you went joking. Surprisingly, it's Ted Nugent. All Ted Nugent are, covers. All three are the Ted best Nugent songs. Covers of Ted Nugent songs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, uh, my in all seriousness, my my next theme. It's you know it's uh, hard to bring up in such a politically charged uh, climate, but you know we're a church that doesn't shy away from it. So I'm just gonna say it. It's Canadians. Mm. Um, Canadian. Canadians. <laughs> all right. Um, Celine Dion. <laughs> yeah. I'm ready. No, first. Michael J. Fox. Neil Young. My, yeah. Neil, Neil Young. Oh, I got it. Yeah. All right. Uh, you get bonus if if you can tell me either the album or the song. Uh, Harvest. Yes. Ah! Harvest. So, uh, after the Gold Rush? No. That, that's no, no, no. that's, that's, that's not after the Gold Rush. Wrong album. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. uh, I mean, the most obvious would be Heart of Gold. It's not that. It's not. It's, a Man Needs a Maid. No. No. Uh, but that's I, I love Harvest. I've listened to it probably. Uh, comes to Time? Well, no, no. Comes to Time is a different one. What's the first song? Uh, out, out on Lonely the Weekend. Boy? Is that it? Yeah. So, love that song. That is a weekend. great song. I love just the, the way that song begins and it opens up the album. I just every time I hear it, I I'm mm. like excited that that song is is coming on, and so it kind of hits this this B minor uh, bass note, and then has this cool harmonica line in the intro, and it's it's a great song. Um, it's the album of his I've listened to probably the most, along with After the Gold Rush, and there's a couple mm. others, but mm. Harvest is the one that's my my favorite Neil Young album, um, and yeah, so just love love that song. So you play an instrument. Mm -hmm. I think it's fair to say Christian and I have actually touched instruments in our time, but I don't know how. Well, much I'm going to spend a year in the basement playing guitar. And then that's I'm true. Just and then you're going to come out as a virtuo virtuoso. <laughs> what is it? If you can talk to me about as a musician, why can I always tell that it's him playing a harmonica? What is it about mm. the way he plays mm. the harmonica? Because every, I mean, yeah. it's the same instrument. Yeah. I mean, I guess you can say that about any instrument. But there's something about how Neil plays a harmonica is haunting mm. and so original. Yeah. And I don't understand it. Maybe it's just mystery. Well, it's totally different than, like, when you hear Dylan play harmonica, mm. he just has such a different style playing mm. it. Um, the thing I guess I would point to with Neil Young's harmonica playing is it's it's both melodic and it he has more touch than a lot of people mm. that just are kind of wailing on the mm -hmm. harmonica and mm. they're... Um, yeah, I just I, I feel like he has, and similar to his voice, he's that he has that kind of fragile type voice yeah. that yeah. is you know high falsetto type singing, mm. and I think that his harmonica playing it, it kind of echoes the his vocal style, and it does. Um, That's and true. even his guitar playing, he he plays simple things, yeah. but um, you know his songs are some of my favorite to play on guitar, mm. and he he just he has a touch to him. Yeah, and That's really true. I think that comes through in every part of his music, from the songwriting to singing and instrumentation. Mm -hmm. mm, wow, that's good. I'm kind of sad now that I didn't choose that song. <laughs> that is such a great song. I'm with you. Yeah. Well, we're it's kind of a lonely song. Though. I mean, it's again, it's kind it of is. this lonely song. That's right. We're all sharing one. Did we say we're doing one playlist? Yeah, we'll do yeah. one. Well, oh, you know, like one playlist as opposed to different, three different <laughs> ones. Wow, we could just do the yeah the 
the triangle playlist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, anyway, that's a great song. Yeah, but all yeah. of this music is lonely music. It's, it is, right? it is, it is. It's, well, that voice, you're right, it's, it kind of has that lonely feel to yeah. it. So yeah. He always, he has this line, a line that comes in a lot of his songs as, stay with me a while. Mm. Like, he always wants somebody to stay with him. He just mm. got the sense that he was, he was lonely a lot of the time. And I don't yeah. know if he actually was or not, but mm. you know, that seems to be the theme running through his music. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, I think uh, Steve didn't he? Steve, didn't yeah, he had a live yeah. rust. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah, that's a good yeah. one too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Well, I don't have a Neil Young album, which would be, I did. I, I did had go through a Neil Young phase, but the, mm. the 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 last two I have are pr- are more recent entries in my in my life. I can't remember exactly when uh, these two came out, but they're all within the last both within the last ten years. One of them is an artist that. Uh, I know Christian loves. I don't know um, Sean how you f- if you know this artist. Uh, and there are so many great songs that this songwriter has written. This is Jason Isbell. Mm. Oh yeah. Yes. Um, and he has so many great songs. Uh, there's there's a couple songs of his that I in some ways I would say are even more my favorites. But this song this is on called New South Wales. And it's on the mm. album Southeastern. Yeah. And. It's mesmerizing. I mean, it is one of those songs I will say, I think I talked with you about this when we were talking about Astral Weeks, where sometimes I'll find a real strong... The first time I ever heard this song, I was taking a nap. Mm. And I was listening to, I think it was an Ava Brothers station, and it ended up on Jason Isbell. You know how on Mm -hmm. Amazon or whatever you... And it ended up on Jason Isbell. And I listened to this song, and it's just this sort of puzzling story song that I think it's about Australia. Mm. My, I think it's about a early Australia mm. and a couple of guys who maybe are criminals. And the last line is God bless the busted broke, God bless the busted boat that brings us back. Mm. So there's just this it notion of these two guys sitting here. We sit across the table from each other, telling jokes to each other. It's just, and you just get the sense that they're on a stranded beach and they're talking about, you know, whatever's left. Mm. And I don't know if that's what the song's about, yeah. but it's so evocative. Mm. And New South Wales is where Sydney is, and so in Australia, and so I'm wondering if it's about maybe an imagination mm. thing. Mm. But it is a fantastic song. Mm. And he has so many great songs. He is such an amazing lyricist, mm. and his lyrics and his stories and are so so evocative and so complicated yeah yeah um but this one just knocks me out every time i listen to yeah it. yeah he it's hard to stand out in that genre because you know people can kind of start to sound like each other or not mm-hmm. sound original and every time i listen to his music i just i'm, pay, I'm paying attention yeah. the way he mm-hmm. writes his yes. music yeah and I don't even know if I can place my finger on it exactly, but he has a way of just kind of drawing you into his songs. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. I agree. Great storyteller. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and that's so good. that's the that's probably it. and that's the country music. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's thing. I mean, all most songwriting, a lot of songwriting do stories, but yeah. I don't know, country is just yeah. That's yeah. that's the strong point. Yeah. Well, yeah. if we had done our top twenty. I think 24 Frames by Jason Isbell. That's a great song, too. I did write it down on my yeah. digital list, and that's mm-hmm. okay, if I limit this to songs I've known for a long time, that mm-hmm. kicks it up. I love that song. I keep trying to figure out how to work it into a sermon, but I can't. I can't make it work. Yeah. <laughs> but it's such a beautiful... There is... There is I it's think a powerful song. There's God talking that Right, way. well, yeah. It's, yeah, you thought God was an architect. Yeah, you thought yeah. God... And now he's just... Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 
So, yeah. All right, N number eight. Okay, Mr. well, Mr. Christian. Before some of the grew up in Minneapolis, this is a, a singer-songwriter grew up in Indianapolis, on my hometown. And this is actually a song about growing up in Indianapolis. I think he left Indianapolis when he was a teenager and he's going to come back. Uh, John Hyatt? Do you guys know oh, John yeah. Hyatt yeah. at all? I think I've heard the name. Yeah, kind of, uh, I mean, sort of folksy, sort of country a little bit. Anyway, um, uh, uh, yeah, again, really, uh, there are a few of his albums I love. And so this is a song called Seven Little Indians. And he literally talks about, um, it's about his dad telling stories to him. He, had, he, he was one of seven kids. Um, so, and, um, and it talks about growing up in Central Avenue, which is really near where Molly and I lived when we lived in Indiana for a couple of years. So, um, anyway, it's just a great, I mean, again, a great short story. It's about, yeah, his dad telling stories and then he's a dad now and he's telling stories. It's like a dad short story and, um, but a be musically beautiful and he's a very good songwriter. I, yeah, he's a really good songwriter. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just like, kind of like, a, you know, there's just some short, short stories that just are perfect in there, yeah. you know, they capture so much that's unsaid, that's, you know, implied. Um, and I feel like that song, um, this one. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Cool. I yeah. haven't heard that one. He, I, he's a great songwriter. He reminds me a little bit of John Prine in the way he Yeah, writes. yeah, yeah. I'm sure he was influenced by John Prine, um, probably. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Excited to hear that. Yeah, yeah. I think he's... He's had more songs, I think, done by other people that he's written that have been, like, Bonnie Raitt did one of yeah. the songs that was okay. really popular, but right. but I think his own stuff hasn't been quite as popular, but, yeah, he's, he's fun. He's a lot of fun. So. Yeah. All right. Number eight for... Uh, Canadian. Who's the next uh, Canadian? The next Canuck. Uh, so the next Canuck... Should we start guessing Canadians, Christian? It's a band. Uh, Loverboy? I think they were a Canadian <laughs> band. You guys know them? <laughs> so, uh, I don't know many Canadians, though. Well, Joni Mitchell's Canadian. <laughs> it's not Joni Mitchell. Joni Mitchell. Um, I think, who else? All right, go ahead. All right. <laughs> it is, it's a band that a lot of people probably don't think of as being Canadian because they sound like Southern rock, but the band. Oh, yeah. Um, that's, that's right. right. Of course, Bob Dylan's yeah, band. Yeah, sure. Remember them. And they're one of my... Favorite oh, groups so of all time. Yeah, they're and amazing. The song is The Weight. Mm. Uh, I, you know what? I really thought about that being one of mine. Really? I really did. Yeah. I, it's, I mean, I, if I had to like rank the songs on, on this list, that would it'd be hard to not put that at number one. I love it. I love playing it. Like It's a really fun song to play with a group of people if, mm. you're, if you're jamming. Mm -hmm. Everyone seems to know it. And it's just... It's, it's a song that seems like it's been around for 150 years, mm -hmm. even though they yeah, wrote it back you know, a century ago. And so it has this timeless quality, yeah. and yeah, you just want to be in a big crowd of people singing that song. Yeah. It's, yes. And it's all these little little you know, stories in each verse. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, so it's many such an enigmatic song. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, what's he, it's just... It's so we would always debate in college, is he saying yeah. Fanny? Is it Manny? We'd always, get, we'd always try to... Take a load off Annie. Is it's, it Annie? Yeah. Well, I mean, if I guess the lyrics, like say, it says Fanny. I always or, thought it was Annie. But it was does Annie. it say Fanny? Yeah. See, that was always the debate we But had, it could but. be something of just, you know, look at different right. websites and they'll say Exactly. Things, I don't know. Yeah, they decide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I was talking about this this podcast with somebody and I was at a... Was it one of you two where I was in a in a... In like a coffee house, and I heard this song come up, and oh. I was like, "Oh man, this would be one that's that a great I song." It's yeah, they have a song. lot of really good songs. So I agree. Yeah, 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 they do, and that it's from the album "Music from Big Pink," which right. is mm -hmm. my favorite of, of their albums. Mm. Um, yeah. has, has a lot of good ones, and then th their live music—they have a couple live uh, recorded albums that are good as well. Yeah, 
How those Canadians write the night that old the, the night that <laughs> well Levon Helm was Levon Helm was old Dixie yeah. came down. Levon Helm yeah. was uh, American. Oh, was he okay? Yeah, right. he was did the only write, one. Did he, he write the that only, one? Did he write I don't know if he did, but I mean oh. that, that that he was from the south. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But everybody else was Canadian. Yeah. yeah, but Robbie Robertson was like was the main writer. I think there were they got into a. I think this, there was a kind of a, yeah. a tussle between him and Levon Helm oh, really? for songwriting okay. credits because uh, Robbie Robertson mm. pretty much got all the credit. Yeah, interesting. Well, the thing that I, I heard about the band is that um, they were really easy for producers to work with. So often musicians would come into the studio and they would have big personalities. They would want everything their way. Huh. They would have to do a million takes. And the band, because they got their start being a backing band for Dylan, right. they were just professionals at ah. like doing things, mm-hmm. I'm do, doing things quickly, not needing to be in the spotlight. I'm sure you know there was other stuff behind the scenes, but um, it's just I don't know of any other groups like that that started out as just a backing band and then became you know yeah. the, the headliners themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why is no one chosen the last waltz as one of their albums? I mean, that you get yeah. Joni Mitchell, you get Neil Young, Dan Larson, Bob Dylan. Yeah. That's right, you got them all on that one album. <laughs> Neil That's... Diamond. Oh, yes. <laughs> right? Thank Isn't you. Neil Diamond on that? I don't know. I think he is. Is he? Yeah, he is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty good song. Amy Lou Harris, I think, is on that. Yeah. 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 A lot of yeah. stuff. Yeah. All right. So we are. Um, Final song. At number nine. Now, I'm the interesting thing about this one is that now I've done nine albums. And nine songs, and Amy Lou Harris has to be central, but she's not the artist, even though the song is called Amy Lou. Mm-hmm. The song is called Emmy song. Lou yeah. by, um, oh gosh. First Aid Kit? First, first aid, aid Kit, thank yeah. you. I just I, I should have written it down because I just I, I, I blanked on her name. Yeah. Yeah. First Aid Kit. Um, a few years ago, I can't remember if it was which holiday, it might have been Father's Day, it might have been my birthday. My, my wife bought me this vinyl album of First Aid Kit, The Lion Roars is the name of the album. And she said, I heard this song and mm. you, ha- you have to hear it. Oh, you great. have to hear it. And she put it on. I listened to the lyrics about Graham Parsons and Emmylou Harris and mm. Johnny Cash and June Carter and I just mm. I just wept. Yeah. I, just, I just broke down. It is the mo- one of the most... Um, instantly, you know, there are those songs where you have to get used to them. Where yeah, you you yeah. hear them for a long time and you, right. s- you learn to love them over time. I loved this one the first time I heard it. It was mm. so great. Uh, if those of you who haven't heard it, it's it's a it's a, it's a song of you know about singing with a person you love. Mm. And the the chorus says, "I'll be your Emmy Lou and I'll be your June if you'll be my Graham and my Johnny too." So it's about those, and it, and there's some if if you're if uh, if you like surfing the YouTube, uh, mm-hmm. as the kids I think are calling it YouTube these days. They do. It yeah. slaps the there slap is, is YouTube. Yeah, that's it. right. Yeah, there is an awesome video of the the this this band uh, first aid kit who are from Sweden. Um, really? They're from Sweden. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. And it's pretty amazing because they sing perfect English. I yeah. Mean, they're I would not have expected that. And wow. they're, they got some kind of, they, they had some kind of a concert honoring that Emmylou Harris was getting some kind of an award. <laughs> you yeah. sent me that. And they play it for her. Yeah. And it's... It's really, really moving. Neat. I uh, love that video. And Emmy Lou is, like, crying yeah. listening to it. Yeah. Well, and just thinking about, like, you know, I think she had re- she had obviously rec- she'd recorded with all of those people. Yeah. And so, you know, for her to be put in the, you know, in the same song as Johnny and June yeah. was, yeah. was very moving. But it's, it's and to, 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 
to cap it all off, it's just a beautiful song. It's a great song. I mean, the 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 slide guitar, you know, you know, you know, the 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 um, the overall mood of it sort of reminds me a lot of some of Ben Kyle um, Ben mm-hmm. Kyle's solo album. Just yeah. the, the the overall production and the sound of it with mm. the sort of soft slide guitar and everything. Yeah. But it's just a gorgeous song, and I'll always remember. My wife giving it to me because she knew it would mean a lot to me. Yep. She knew immediately how much it would mean to me. Yeah. And so I think of my wife every time I hear it. <laughs> awesome. Stephanie, you're the best. Awesome. <laughs> okay, nice. number nine. Well, I also have a Swedish band. You know? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dancing Queen. Uh, but aren't they Swedish? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> Which is a pretty good song, but that's not my nice song. I wish it had been. That would have been great. I know. I mean, that's actually... Right now, I'm in my office. We have the ball. Uh, that's a good, ball. I mean, it's a good song. I mean, <laughs> it's a great but, song, you know, man. so, but it's not my number nine. <laughs> Although, this band isn't quite ABBA, but it's kind of a funny band for me. I feel a little funny that they made it on the top nine, but I love this song. And I actually, when I was talking to Molly about my type nine song, she's like, yeah, you play that song all the time, and I don't like it. I was kind of devastated. <laughs> I'm like, you don't like it? Like, I was kind of like, what do you mean you don't like it? But it's um, Dire Straits, uh-huh. um, the song Tunnel of Love. I don't know if you yes. know that. Um, their album, Making mm. Movies, which, again, I'm not a huge Dire Straits fan, but the first three songs on that album are so good. And the rest of the music, I mean, I wasn't, like, money for nothing. I didn't really like that song. But um, but uh, uh, Tunnel, of, Tunnel of Love, Romeo and Juliet, if you know that song, great song. And then um, Skate Away, so... Anyway, those three songs. But Tunnel Love, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I tried to write down something to say about it other than it's a long song. I think it's about six and a half, seven minutes long. And it's got this awesome guitar. Mark mm-hmm. Melfler is a really good guitar mm-hmm. player. I mean, like, um, and, uh, yeah, it's just kind of like a go-to song. It's like, all right, the kids are kind of grumpy and I'm driving them to school. I'll put on Tunnel Love, you know, by Dark Strace. That'll get me, get me through the drive, you know. And How do so, the kids feel about it? Huh? I don't they don't really say much, you know. They're tired in the morning. They're tired. Yeah, they don't care. Apparently, Molly's just been suffering in silence <laughs> for years as I played Tunnel of Love. But um, yeah, it's just yeah. Again, and I'm not a guitar player, but I, the guitar is just awesome in that mm-hmm. song. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah so. you know, someday you're gonna come home early, and Molly's just gonna be blasting Tunnel I know. of Love. And I know. I know. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, no, not insulting. Yeah, that's right. That's right. She didn't want me to know how much she loved Mark Mark Knopfler. So. All right. <laughs> okay, so is the last one Canadian as well? It's not Canadian. Oh, um, okay. But I did uh, give it a, a theme of the last waltz, um, mm. and it is a, an actual waltz. It's mm. a Shokin Farewell by oh, Jay Unger. Um, I love I love a Shokin Farewell. Yeah, oh, it's, I uh, you do know it. You do. You do. You do. Have you seen okay. the? Ken Burns' Civil War documentary. Oh, sure, sure, It's sure. the theme song. Okay, oh, sure, of course. All right, so all that's right. the way most people would probably recognize ah, the song. Interesting. But it's, he wrote it prior to that documentary. Mm. I think the documentary was like in 1990, and mm-hmm. Jay Unker wrote this in the 80s. Mm. Um, but it is, again, similar to kind of what I said about the weight. It feels like it is very timeless, it which does. is why yeah. I think Ken Burns selected it for the Civil War documentary. It feels like it's of that era of, you know, mid-19th century, and it is just hauntingly beautiful, and I have listened to that song countless times and never get sick of it, Mm. Um, and, you know, he's done different renditions of it, both solo violin and then with, I think it's his wife, Molly Manson. There's a guitar on it. Guitar. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so... That's that's my last song, and it's wow. a it's a good farewell song. So, nice, yeah. it's a beautiful ending. song. Um, yeah, uh, a few years ago, um, 
my my wife for my birthday, what she had Corey surprise mm. me and play that for mm. me. Nice. And I was just blown away because it's so beautiful. And you're right. I think that I I think that every other piece of music in that documentary is, you know, I'm older. Yeah. I think everything else he uses, you know. I think there are songs of the period. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, yeah, Yankee Doodle and all yeah, these other yeah. things, and that. But that one, yeah, there's a Lorraine timelessness Luna. to it. Yeah, um, and the way he uses it with the pictures and everything is yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah. So I have the association of the documentary, which I love. That documentary, it's yeah, so well it's done. Great. Um, but also had it was part of the um, introduction service music at mm-hmm. our wedding at the oh, Indian and I's wedding cool. as well and. So I always have a little bit of a of a memory with that wow. mm-hmm. too. That's cool. Yeah. Good. So you guys both shared nice things about your wife, and I complained. <laughs> yeah, and you said so. that she hates the song. Wow. So, so nice, okay, nice thank job. you for ending well. So. Nice job. Okay, right. so I didn't plan this, but one other song. What do you say? One other song that you love. Ooh, what, okay. Just off the top of your head, what would you say? What's another one? Oh, man, I just thought of one. We can edit well, this out. I'm, I'm gonna. Well. I'm gonna say <laughs> the one. That, so my first, the first song that I said, uh, the Sarah Giroux song was a last-minute addition because you guys said that you weren't going to put any <laughs> artists that were that you had already yeah. used in your, in your uh-huh. mind. What I originally had was A Day in the Life uh, oh, from, yeah. from Sgt. Pepper. So good. Actually, now that you mention it, that should just be all of our song. <laughs> it's a really good That's song. That's it. <laughs> all right. Yeah. I have one. Do you? So very new. I said all these songs. Day in the Life this one. by the Beatles, Sgt. Awesome. Pepper. Yes. Unbelievable song. Yeah, I agree. Nice. Yeah, it, it may be my favorite Beatles song. Um, uh... This one I think I just heard, I don't know, a few months ago, and I really love it. I keep listening to it over and over again. Coney Island by Taylor Swift and The National. Mm, it I is a that. beautiful song. <laughs> and my yeah. wife loves it. I oh. wouldn't have so, those two. I know. I mean, I don't know Taylor Smith uh, or Taylor Swift. See, I can't even know her name <laughs> other than uh, that Shake It Off, which I think yeah, is a fun song. Fun my song, kids yeah. get yeah. mad at me when I play that. But that's the only song I knew, but then I heard the song because I like The National, and it's really a beautiful song. So oh. that's a brand new one. Uh, fresh. Wow. I believe she released it. Recently, I think it's our most recent album. So, are you trying to compare Taylor Swift to the Beatles right now? I think it. I think it rivals. I think it rivals Dana Life. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yes. earlier, I mentioned Frank Sinatra. <laughs> yes. There is a song that his that it's not his most famous song, but I feel like it it like sums him up the best, and that is his cover of. One for my baby and one more for the road. Mm. I don't know if you know. I don't, that even one. know, I don't know it. Set him up, Joe. You know, I know it's almost time for you to close and all this. It okay. is just. I think it's just him in a piano. There's there's some strings later on as it comes, but it starts off and it's just got that atmosphere of I'm the last person in the bar and <laughs> my heart's broken mm. and it's the Sinatra. It's yeah. it's just kind of. What you think? It's not, I mean, it is. It's that's I, two a.m. Sinatra. It's not. It's two a.m. Yeah. Sinatra. It's, it's not fly me to the moon. And, yeah. yeah, oh yeah, it's fly me to the moon at six p.m. And then there's the fist fights at ten. And then by the time <laughs> the, end of, <laughs> the, the end of Funny. the end of it is uh, uh, one for my baby, one for the road. You've uh, probably heard it, um, but it is. It's nice. beautiful. Does that make it on the playlist? I'll put it on. Yeah, okay, we'll yeah, put yeah, all yeah, this on. Day in the life. Man. I mean, if day in the life is mentioned, it has to be on. Oh man, yeah, yeah. Thank you both. This has been a lot of fun. I've enjoyed the time. And hopefully it'll inspire other people with some creativity to think of ways that we can do the podcast. So if you have an idea, uh, I know that there's a couple brewing out there already. Let me know. And thank you very much. And that's episode 17. 
I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed hearing about some of the songs that we love. And I hope you're able to discover something new that you can love as well. If you would be interested in being a guest on the 9th Avenue 9, please email me at joel at ofthecross.org. We can talk through a theme that you might want to go through or songs or the traditional album version, whatever you want. Would love to have you on. It has been so much fun to be able to do all of these shows and talk with so many different people. So please feel free to join in the fun. Make sure also that you check out that Spotify playlist that's linked with the show. So until the next time we talk, enjoy the music, happy listening, and the peace of the Lord be with you.